that our strength comes from you. Lord, we're strong because of you, because of what you've done and what you're doing. So, Lord, we just thank you for that. Thank you for giving us strength. Lord, we thank you that it's our, your joy in us that gives us strength, that your joy gives us strength. So, Lord, help us in the midst of all the things around us, the things that we struggle with, Lord, that we would remember to look to you and have the joy of the Lord because that's what gives us strength. Lord, we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to look at, for maybe two or three weeks, I'm not just sure yet, um, we're going to look at prayer and some different things about praying. I, I mentioned a few weeks ago, I said when I mentioned I was going to do a series on prayer, I said, uh, you know, prayer is very simple, it's just talking to God, so we're going to spend three weeks trying to make it complicated. And uh, it seems kind of ironic, you know, when you say it's simple, and then you say, well, we're going we're gonna to talk about it for this amount of time. But, but I think there's different things about prayer that we can look at and, and see how important they are. Today, I'm going to uh, just think about why pray. Why do we pray? You know, why do we do it? What's the reason to pray? You know, the Jesus' disciples, they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And in Matthew 6, Verse 9, verse 9, Jesus says, In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So Jesus starts out by saying, when you're going to pray, start out by the fact that it's, yeah, I had 19 probably, didn't I? Yeah, that's what I thought. That's just a one in front, but it's nine. Um, but we, when we think about it, you know, it's about a relationship. Jesus said, it's our Father. It's our Father. This, this is who we're praying to. You know, it starts with that father-child-like relationship. Okay, and you think about a, a human father and a child, you know, they have a relationship. And I realize it's kind of dangerous sometimes comparing to a human father because somebody will say, yeah, but my dad wasn't very good, and I understand that. Um, the Bible says that God is a father to the fatherless. And so I think even if we had a bad father, I think God will allow us to see a father and see what a, a father is, a human father. But it's that kind of a father-child relationship where we come to God as our father. But since God is a spirit, it's a little bit different. Well, it's a lot different. The relationship is a spiritual relationship. It's a spiritually. It starts with a spiritual. God is a spirit. And so if we're going to have a relationship with him, it's a spiritual relationship. So when we say God our Father, it's God our Heavenly Father. And the relationship is a spiritual relationship, which makes it different than what we're, what we're used to. In John 3, in John the third chapter, beginning at the third verse, Jesus said to a man named Nicodemus, he says, I, Most assuredly I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus says, well, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered and said, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. And that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. 
so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. So it's a spiritual relationship. You know, it says we need to be born again. We need to be born again. It's, it's a different kind of a relationship. We're born of God's Spirit. We have a Spirit. We're born with a Spirit. We're born as spirit beings. When God created man, he said, let us make man in our image. So God made us with a spirit. But that spirit needs to be united with him. And so it's a spiritual relationship. It happens when we repent. You know, we come to the point where we realize that I'm separated from God. And then I confess my sin. I acknowledge that God is my savior he sent jesus to die on a cross and i received that you know when when we were little we said ask jesus into your heart you know well what what was that signifying well it's a spiritual relationship we ask jesus into our heart there's a lot more to it as we grow we learn that it means we need to confess we need to receive we need to obey we need to we need to do what god says But, you know, basically it starts with asking him into our heart, confessing, acknowledging who God is. You know, a lot of that is a point where you come to a point where you acknowledge that, okay, God, I need you. I need you. I can't do this. I can't do this on my own. I need you. And I acknowledge that you came to save me from my condition. And so we then accept the fact that this God who we're praying to, our Father, our Father, we have a relationship with. We're His child. We're His child. And so we see it in that kind of a relationship. You know, it's a father and child relationship. So when I pray, Jesus says, well, pray our Father. So I do it out of that relationship. I don't do it because I have to. I don't do it because somebody told me to. I don't do it because I learned a certain way to do it. But I do it out of a relationship, like a father and a child. You know, we just come to our father. You think about how children come to their father. You know, they, they just go to them. They just go to them. You know, and as they're small, as they're small, you know, they see that God, their, or their father, they see the earthly father is a provider. You know? And, I, and again, I say, you know, I realize in our society and the breakdown that we're having in our society, we're getting a lot of bad fathers. I mean, I, you know, you just got to realize that we're getting a lot of bad fathers out there. Um, and until we get back to God's way, it's not going to get any better. The hard part of that is then when I preach like this to young people and I say, you know, God is your father, there's a lot of people who go, oh, my goodness. I'm in trouble. But I just want you to know that God, our Father, loves us. He loves us. He cares for us. He provides for us. He's our Savior. He saves us from our sin. He's our healer. He wants to heal us. He wants to deliver us from those things we struggle with, those things around us. You know, in the uh, original time when Jesus taught his disciples, he says, deliver us from evil. Deliver us from all this evil around us. He's our deliverer. He's our provider. He's our counselor. He's our guide. So if he's my father, then why wouldn't I want to talk to him? Why wouldn't I want to talk to him? 
So there's no reason for me to say, well, oh, please, please talk to God. Please, please pray. You need. It's not about that. If he's my father, I just will pray to him. I want to talk to him. I see him as everything I need, and he has everything I need. And he cares about me. He loves me in my condition. And so I pray. I pray. And I pray. But we realize that, you know, not everybody has God as their father. Not everybody has God as their father. In Matthew 7, Matthew seven twenty one to 23, Jesus said something that's, that to me is very troubling. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Or, you know, not everybody that, that says, Lord, Lord. So he's saying that not everybody that maybe comes to him and says, Lord, Lord, he says, that not everybody who does that is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. But he says, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we have, not, have we not prophesied your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. I never knew you. That knew means I didn't know you like a father and a child relationship. I didn't know you. See, it's back to that relationship. We have to have that relationship. Otherwise, Jesus says, you know, there's people that are going to say, well, I prayed. I did things, I taught, I taught Sunday school, I was a preacher. Because it says they prophesied, they cast out demons, they did all kinds, there's all kinds of people going to say, Lord, I did all these things. He goes, oh man, I never knew you. That is really troubling. That's really troubling. Because that means there's people who think they're doing some religious things, but don't have a relationship. They don't know him. So that's why I say it's first and foremost, we have to know him. We have to know him. And then we do things because we love him and we serve him and serve others. But the things we do don't make a relationship. Just because we do stuff doesn't mean we're one of his children. One of the most dangerous things to me is growing up in the church and learning all the words, learning all the things you say, learning all the things about God, learning to serve God, learning as you grow up like, well, now you need to do this in the church, you need to do that in the church, and people serve. And they grow up, and he would say, I never knew you. I never knew you. So first and foremost, we have to know him. We have to know him. And that comes about spiritually by being born again. In John, the ninth chapter, John, the 19th, ninth, ninth chapter, 31st verse says, Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. It says God doesn't hear sinners. Now, let me say this. I believe that God hears sinners when they repent, when they seek him, when they are searching after him i believe he hears that but people who are sinners who don't acknowledge god he doesn't hear them he doesn't hear their prayer he hears his children he hears his children 
So it's important for us to remember that first and foremost, we have to be a child of God, one of his children. We have to be born again. We have to be in his kingdom. We have to be serving him, following him. Not in perfection, but in relationship. Think about your children. You know, your children, you got, let's say you got six kids. You know, some would say, oh, heaven forbid. <laughs> but let's say you had six. They're all different. You might have some who are more compliant. You are, might have some who are more loving. You have some who are more willing to obey and do things. Then you might have some that don't want nothing to do with obeying. They don't really care. But most parents would still say, you know what? They're still my child. They're still my child. They're still my child. Because I'm the father and they're my child. So as Christians, you know, I think there's, you know, the Bible says there's carnal Christians. There's all kinds. We're all kinds of people. We're all kinds of places in our walk. None of it's perfection. I think we, we head in a direction of trying to be holy. The Bible says we're to be holy. Um, it's, it's, we keep heading that direction. But, you know, we're all in different places. Maybe some are more obedient than others. You know, we're all, but, you know, once we have a spiritual relationship with him, we're still his child. We're still his child. And so he, he loves us and he cares about us. And out of that relationship, we pray. I want to talk to my heavenly father. I want to tell him what's going on. I want to ask him to help me. And maybe I even want to ask him for some advice. I want to listen. Maybe he might have something to tell me. Maybe he could help me. Maybe I should get quiet enough sometimes to listen. If you talk all the time, you're not going to hear anything. If you talk all the time, you're not going to hear anything. So we need to pause and take time to listen. Okay, Lord, I'm listening. I'm listening. Number two, when we come to God as, as our Father, we need to come boldly. You know, if he's who he says he is, if he's our Heavenly Father, why would I come other than boldly? Because of him. Because of, I don't come boldly because of me. You know, I come boldly because of him. In Hebrews, the fourth chapter, starting at the 14th verse, it says, Seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Since I'm a child of God, I come boldly. Think again about your earthly children. Your earthly children can get pretty bold sometimes about coming to you. You know, think about it. Hey, if, if dad holds the purse strings, you know, and if I need something, you, you, how do your kids come? They come boldly. Hey, you know, I need this. I, I need this because... I acknowledge that you're the one that has the means to provide this. And so, you know, they don't, they don't come going, well, Dad, if you got time, 
or if it would please you, or think about this, Dad, or hey, if it works out, Dad. No, they don't come like that. They come, hey, hey, I need this. Now, maybe there's some arrogance involved there. I'm not saying all that is, is the greatest, but you know what? We need to come boldly. Why? Because it says we have a great high priest. We have a great, you know, we have a great high priest. We have one who intercedes for us. And his name is Jesus. And so he intercedes for us because he understands our struggles. It says there's nothing you go through that he doesn't understand because he came to this earth and he struggled even to the point of dying on a cross. So he understands what you're going through. He can sympathize with what's happening. And so because of that, we come boldly to the throne, not because of us, not because of who we are, not because of what we've done, but because of who he is, because of who he is and who he says we are. Who does God say I am? I am his child, and my father's the king. Think about that. You know, if my father was the president, you know, irregardless of what you think of the president, if my father was the president, I would think that'd give me some privilege. There's certain places I go, you go, look, my dad's the president. You know, hey, I, you know, I can tell you some things, you know, you know, you'd get a little confidence. What about if he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords? That's my father. That's my father. And so I can go to him. I can go to him boldly. And it says, I get mercy and grace. Mercy and grace. He gives me mercy. He gives compassion. He cares. Divine favor when I don't deserve it. You know, that's mercy. You know, divine favor when I don't deserve it. Oh, folks, you know, some people, people think they want what they deserve. Trust me. When it comes to God, you don't want what you deserve. You do not want what you deserve because we've all sinned and fallen short. So we come boldly, though, because of who we are now. We're his child. We're his child. So we come boldly. And we find grace. We find grace. We find what I don't deserve. You know, that's the best thing. We find what I don't deserve. And that's, you know, I, like I say, I don't want what I deserve. I want what I don't deserve. And so I can come. I can come to him. And then in 1 Peter, the second chapter, it tells us in 1 Peter, the second chapter, he talks about who we are. And starting in verse 6, it says, Therefore it is contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious. He who believes in him, that's Jesus, the cornerstone, will by no means be put to shame. He who believes in Jesus will by in no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble, being disobedient to the word to which they were also appointed. They stumble because they're disobedient to the word. The world will stumble. The world will stumble around us. And the further away they, the further away they get from God, the more they're going to stumble. They're going to stumble. They're going to stumble in everything. Everything. Families, work, government. Everything will stumble the further away you get from the rock. And it says, but you, but you. Who's he talking to? But you, us, God's children. 
God's children, us. We are a chosen generation. God chose us. He chose us. God so loved the world. He chose us. And then we accept that. And we have to accept it. We can reject it. It says some people rejected the stone that become a stumbling block to them. They rejected it. They want nothing to do with it. They thought they could handle it themselves. They didn't need a God. There is no God. We don't need a God. We can do it ourselves. We'll figure this all out. We've got all the answers. We can solve all the world's problems because we're so smart. Stumbled. They stumbled. But it says we're a chosen generation. We're chosen. God chose us. I'm chosen. We're a royal priesthood. Royal priesthood. A holy nation. I'm chosen by God. I'm obedient to him. I'm set apart. Sometimes Christians need to understand how special we are. How special we are. You'll never realize how special you are if you keep talking and looking at yourself. It'll never happen. You've got to realize who he says you are. That you're special. He never says, well, you poor little thing, you know. Um, you know, I, ch I chose you, but I didn't know if I should or not. Well, you weren't really very good, but I guess, you know. And, you know, you're okay, but, you know, you're not that special. But, no, he says, look, I chose you. You're a holy nation, a royal priesthood. You're his own people. We belong to him. We belong to him. We're his child. So I have a special place. A special place. We're special people. We're children of the king of kings. And so because of that, I want to talk to him. I want to talk to him. Because of who he is. Because of what he's done. I want to receive everything he has for me. He wants more than I even want. And you know, you think about it. Why wouldn't I talk to him? I believe most of his children would say, well, I probably don't talk to him enough. You know? They would say, well, you know, I should talk to him more. What father, most fathers... Wouldn't want their children to come talk to them. You know. As you get older, that's probably, you know, oh, you know, stop by. You know, stop by. You know, I like talking to you. You know, we don't need a lot as we get older. We're pretty simple. <laughs> stop by. And, you know, God, our Father, I think he sort of is much more than that. But he says, you know, stop by. Talk to me. I even got a feeling sometimes he might say, you know, I got some things I'd like to even tell you. I can help you. I can help you. You don't have to struggle on your own. I'm there for you when you think nobody's there. You know, somebody this week was lamenting. You know, nobody loved them. Nobody was there. 
My Heavenly Father is always there. He's always there. I can always come and talk to Him. It's a privilege. It's a position. It's a place. You know? And because of that, why wouldn't I pray? Why wouldn't I want to talk to Him? So when we think about prayer, you know, first and foremost, it's a relationship. It's a relationship. You know, I could spend 10 weeks teaching you to pray. But if you didn't have a relationship, at the end of 10 weeks, I've almost done you a disservice. Almost done you a disservice because at the end of 10 weeks, you could think, well, I know how to pray now. Pastor taught me how to pray. Give me all the answers. A, B, C. One, two, three. This is what you do. You pray to God. And now God has to respond because the pastor gave me how to do it. Not if it's a relationship. Because Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. So you can teach somebody to pray, and I'm not saying we shouldn't teach. But I'm just saying at the end of the time, if we don't know him, then it's just a religious exercise. And it's almost a deception. Almost, it, it probably is a deception. Thinking we're something when we're not. Thinking we have a position when we don't have the position of being his child. And that starts with being born again by the Spirit. Now people say, well, how does that happen? You know, and the Bible's full. How does it happen? You know, little kids, you tell them, ask Jesus into your heart. You know, adults, you might say, ask Jesus in your heart. You might say, confess your sins, repent, turn around. The Bible says we need to turn around. We need to accept what he has done. There's all kinds of things happen, but I want to tell you something. It happens in our heart and in our spirit. We are born of the spirit. So it's in our spirit, not our head. It's not what I know. It's what I receive. And, you know, and... I suppose that almost sounds confusing sometimes, but it's really simple. It's really simple. Maybe we make that too difficult. You know, people do it different ways. But what has to happen is I have to have a relationship now with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and it's a spiritual relationship. And my prayer is if you've never done that, if you've never done that, start there. Start with that relationship. Everybody has to start there. They have to have that relationship. It's a personal relationship. It's between you and God. You know, I can, I can say, say this, do this, and you can sit there and say this and do this, but that don't make the relationship. It still has to happen in you. You have to make that decision in you to accept who God says he is and start to have that relationship with him. And then we pray because we're his child. We're his child. We have access to him. Anytime, anywhere, no matter what's going on. He's never too busy. He's never too busy. Now, something that bugs me, and I shouldn't say bugs me, but, you know, here's my part. I can't understand God. If you're going to try to understand him, sometimes you're going to fall short at some point. When I start to think about all the, his children asking him for something at once, it confounds my intelligence. You know? But he's the God of the universe. And he hears everybody's prayer. And individually, 
talks to them. Beyond my comprehension. Beyond my comprehension. But when you know him, you know when he hears you. And you know when he, you know the relationship. There's, there's no question. You know the relationship. You talk to your heavenly father. And he responds to us. So I encourage you. Pray. Pray because he's your father. Your father, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have that relationship with you, that we can have that relationship with you, that we can know you. We can know you. We can come and talk to you, that we can look to you and trust you. We can listen to you, that you want to speak to us. So, Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, help us to remember to talk once in a while. Lord, forgive us for being so busy that we get off sidetracked and we get to involved in life and we begin to do things on our own and think we can handle it. And then all of a sudden we start talking again. Lord, help us to talk to you all the time. Lord, we wouldn't just stop by once in a while. But Lord, we would talk to you daily. Never cease talking to you. Because, Lord, you're our Father, and you love us more than we love ourselves. Lord, we just thank you for that. Lord, if there's anyone here this morning that, Lord, they would like someone to pray with them, to agree with them about something they're struggling with, Lord, you'd encourage them to come up and let our prayer team pray with them as soon as we're dismissed. Lord, I just pray that you just help us to just begin to understand how much you love us and how much you care about us. So, Lord, we thank you for that. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.